You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, the last Friday podcast. We're going to have Croc before we're talking about football games every well except for the bye week we're gonna be talking about football games hopefully all the way through february talking about the games the 49ers are about to have on our friday episodes i think we'll dip into the mailbag a little bit today there is uh, a moth about to attack croc right now <laughs> this is not a video pod but that was crazy you got some crazy moths it looks like over there in uh, in arkansas crocky uh and we are going to what else oh there's a big announcement Yes, today's yes. podcast. Hold on, hold on. We, we got to pause because uh, this is a really cool thing that's about to happen with my guy Eric Crocker right here on the Locked On Podcast Network at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. And I do want to let everybody know about a little preview. We already recorded. I think the NFC West version is happening next week. This is a, a two week long event happening. The ultimate season preview, and it involves Odyssey experts like Ross Tucker. And Jason Locke and Fora, we're going through every team and every division with all the hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You definitely want to check out, uh, you should probably check out all of them, but you definitely want to hear us talk a little smack with some of the other hosts in the NFC West, in the NFC West episode. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed. It's a separate feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It started Monday, August 30th. It's going to go through next week, September 8th, and it's a whole a lot of fun. Croc, uh, a lot of things happen on the Locked On Podcast Network. First of all, we're blowing up here. I'm seeing more and more listeners all the time, and I love it. So welcome to all the listeners. I am Brian Peacock. Uh, I'm a radio guy in the Bay Area. Uh, I've written fantasy football blurbs. Hopefully I helped you out back in the day when I was working at RotoWire. I've done some work at PFF, uh, KNBR Radio. I've done traffic reports from Fresno up through Seattle on the airwaves, and my guy Eric Crocker, former NFL and AFL player. And now, Croc, I have two shows here on the network. I do Locked On 49ers with you every single day, and I also do the Peacock and Williamson show, which we cover the entire NFL every day, and you guys definitely want to subscribe to that show. Matt Williamson, former ESPN scribe, uh, former NFL scout, and him and I talk about the entire league. We just dropped our I'm actually, I'm going to ask you about where you think the 49ers should be in the power rankings, but we just dropped Matt Williamson's power rankings on today's show. But I'm not the only host of Locked On 49ers that has two programs on the Locked On Podcast Network. Crocker, <laughs> you got some news. Let the folks know what's going on right now with Eric Crocker, who is dominating now the media landscape when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, man. Uh, I have my fingers crossed over the last really week, maybe a little bit longer. I sent out some threatening text messages, making sure that I got this show because mm -hmm. I wanted it that bad. And uh, finally, it is confirmed. I am now one of two co-hosts of Locked On NFL Draft. So all you guys who have loved my draft analysis, which I know, I know, you know, obviously I have a big following on Twitter with 49er fans, but most of the people that follow me, I'd say out of the 30,000 followers I have, about I'd say about 20,000 of them probably follow me for my analysis of football and not specifically to the 49ers, but just draft prospects and just my analysis on that. So I'm really excited to be joined by uh, Ryan Tracy, who's also the host of Locked On uh, Chiefs. 
and he has his draft guy, and he's more of an analytical guy, so we get to balance each other out because definitely I'm heavy on the film and bringing a more you know player slash coach uh, perspective to this show. And he's the analytical guy, man. So I'm I'm pumped because if anybody knows me, man, like you know, like that's what I love more than anything. Not more than the 49ers, but just the process of just the draft and evaluation. And I've been wanting to dig deeper, get in, you know, uh, get into just more positions and talking about different guys and potentially putting together my own draft guide and all these other things. And finally, I have the incentive to do it. So I'm excited, man. I'm pumped for this. Let's go. Yeah, Eric Crocker doing big things on the network. I love it. I'm so pumped for the new Locked On NFL Draft featuring Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. 49ers fans that listen to this program know Ryan Tracy. We talked a lot leading up to the 49ers and Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, after the 2019 season, and he does his rogue analytics stuff. And so that's going to be a really cool marriage, I think, of the way he does things as far as his analytics and the way you scout. Uh, and, and and you're so good with technique, and, and you see things that I don't. And that's why I love talking to you, because we'll, we'll sometimes come to the same conclusion about players, and I see something different than you see about a guy, or sometimes we see the same thing, but it's a different idea yeah. and where we came to the conclusion. Uh, so that's fantastic, and I love it. And obviously, I can't wait to talk draft with you on this show, and that's one of the big things the, that I got you on the show to begin with back in the day. A few years ago, right. when we first started talking on the podcast, was breaking down the draft, and it's so fun. And, and like, there's nobody I go to for defensive backs and, and receivers, too. And you're good. Like You nail it. Your, your evaluations are spot on. The guys you like... So- are good in the NFL. We have to talk about that because it, the, the, the evaluation process, and I think when people think like hits and misses and things like that, you kind of have to separate the evaluation from like the results of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I'm evaluating a prospect and I'm looking at the film, I'm I'm evaluating his pros, his cons. And I'll talk a little bit about, or a lot about, what tra- what's easier to translate, like what's not, like, you know, but... I'm not, quote unquote, predicting if this guy is going to be successful or not. And I think that's what some people miss out on. So I can have a guy higher than maybe some other people based on some of the things he does well. But that does not mean that he's going to do better than the next person, if that makes sense. So I know a lot of fans, they want to hammer you and knock you for certain things. But a lot of times with my analysis of the player, that's usually pretty spot on. And very detailed. And I also say, because I, I talked about this with even Chris Sims, I the casual fan can put together a top five ranking that's either similar than mine or maybe even better. I think why people come to me and why they listen to me and why they ask for my opinion is because, like you said, I can break things down and put it in a way to where everybody can understand exactly what it is and see these certain things and Sometimes that's why I differ than other people, like a, like a Henry Ruggs, when everybody was really high on Henry Ruggs. And I'm like, I'm not as high on Ruggs as other people. I don't think he has high-end controlled speed. I think that's going to make him kind of struggle a little bit to really threaten guys consistently at the next level with his speed because he's not good at controlling it and running these more intermediate routes. And can you consistently win in the NFL from just being fast? No. Nope. That's why so many speed guys kind of flame out. And – you know, I try to bring like that element of it and I'm excited to have a show and a show that I have some big shoes to fill. 
I mean, we're talking about yes. Trevor Sycamore, who you know, who also was with the the Draft Network. Benjamin Solak also was was with the Draft Network, and they've had this podcast. Now they've gone on to some big things. One with the Ringer, one with PFF, and they have their roles there. So that's awesome. But you know, it opened up a window for somebody like me who's really passionate yeah. about this, and you know, I get to kind of add that to my resume now. It's fantastic. Yeah, Trevor Sikama and uh, Benjamin Solak, both really good dudes, smart guys, really good at what they did, entertaining to listen to. So it's going to be a bummer that they're leaving the network, uh, leaving both uh, the Locked On Podcast Network and the Draft Network. They've both been on this show. I've been on their show multiple times. Really good dudes, smart dudes, and congratulations to them moving up uh, with what they're doing. But I'm really excited on the the new look, the new sound of Locked On NFL Draft with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. And... Like we can tease it, but we can't drop a name. But there's also uh, heavy hitters that are going to be joining you on that Locked On NFL podcast, especially around draft time when it gets close to the draft. We can't say who that is yet, but there's going to be some big time draft name involved with this podcast. So you're definitely going to want to check out uh, Locked On NFL Draft and, and and follow that ride all through the entire draft season. The 49ers don't have yeah. a first round pick. So we're going to lean on you croc for those late round guys, by the way, because those mock well, drafts now. are going to start. So, uh, I, I got so excited the other day. It was like, I think it was actually Trevor Sikama, maybe that dropped his first uh, 2022 mock draft. I was like, Oh cool. Mock mm. draft. And I clicked on it. I was like scrolling down, scrolling down. I got to about 25 or so. And I was like, man, they really think the 49ers are going to be good this year. And I was like, Oh, the 49ers don't have a first round pick. These mock drafts are going to suck. Yeah, that's the one thing that's going to be, you know, challenging. But I'm excited because now I get to kind of dig a little deeper in what will the 49ers need. I think a lot of people right now, just off the back of your hand, might point to potentially an edge rusher, depending on what happens with D Ford. Uh, definitely, like, probably a receiver, depending on, you know, her Jennings. How do they turn out? Will the 49ers really need to address that position? Maybe the safety position, uh, you know, will Tart leave next offseason, I'd assume Verrett, he's a guy that's probably going to leave. So the 49ers will definitely have holes to plug. Yeah, Maybe got- they'll need a new punter. We'll see. <laughs> no, I mean, I won't talk about punters. But, but, but hey, Robbie Gold's getting old. So yeah, maybe that second yeah. round pick's going to be a kicker next year. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll have to uh, scratch the surface on your kicker knowledge. Uh, actually, that brings up a great point on looking at, because we talked about the 53-man roster Wednesday with Wink and what that looks like, what the new-look 49ers are. I've got some more news on a couple of minor moves for the 49ers as they fill out the rest of the practice squad, but uh, I want to ask you what you think the best and maybe worst, not that it, not that they're, I think the 49ers are pretty solid across the board. They have a really good roster when it comes to the NFL. I want to ask you where you think the 49ers would rank in your power rankings in the NFL, and let's talk about which positions are the strongest and weakest for the 49ers going into the season. If there's little some positions maybe we could worry about coming into the year. Let's do that next. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone at Built.com. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Uh, if you don't know, the Built Bar flavors... You're missing out because there's so many good ones. Peanut butter, my number one. You got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Those are the originals, but they are always rolling out specialty flavors. So go to built.com, buy yourself a box, mix your own box of built bars. Not only are those built bar flavors the best tasting protein bar out there, they are healthy 
too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs in every bar. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. So by the way, Croc, before we get into this 49ers roster right now, you're an NFL draft guy now. Yeah. And you've always been kind of a draft guy, but you're a draft guy now, a capital guy. Ohio well, State. What are we looking at? Chris Olave. Is that a future Forty Nine er? What'd you see in that in that football game tonight? You got Olave. You got Wilson. And there are a lot of people that think that either one or either one of those guys can be the wide receiver one in this draft. And you asked earlier before we started recording, are those are they Kyle Shanahan guys? I said absolutely. They're not big. <laughs> you know, that's one thing that Kyle, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily need right you know he just likes to have these quicker guys well, he, he um, likes players who are big as long as they're not also fast so you can only right. be fast or big you can't be both <laughs> right and these are guys <laughs> that are definitely fast they are burners they can get in and out of their breaks they know how to work leverages we saw it tonight with i mean garrett wilson out there in the open field really we got to kind of talk about that play a little bit uh late in the what is the third quarter or early fourth quarter garrett wilson basically one-on-one with the safety and it really was like a cover four so it kind of turns into kind of a match but you have this safety out there about 12 yards off in an open field with Garrett Wilson who has a two-way go on him and he gives him a little nod to the right and just boom explodes across dude's face and uh yeah I mean it was six after that and I mean those are things that those guys can do and the 49ers their receivers aren't slow Debo's not slow Ayuk is not slow but they're, they, they're not considered speedsters. So, you know, trying maybe the 49ers are looking for that guy. We've seen in the past, last year, the guys that they try to bring in, J.J. Nelson, Tavon Austin, Travis Benjamin, all these guys that in theory mm-hmm. are guys who can stretch the field. I think they can probably potentially still be looking for that, and maybe it's in next year's draft. And also probably a big uh, thing that they'll be looking for is What's going to happen with Debo? Because next year, Debo will be in the last year of his contract. What kind of season will he have this year? Will they start to look to maybe prep somebody to replace him if they don't get the results that they want? Which I expect them to, but you know, you never know. What about John Brown, who was let go by the Raiders? He didn't pop for me. I, you know, he's in his 30s now, right? Um, I don't know if he's necessarily the guy he once was. Would someone like John Brown on the free agent market right now fit what the 49ers might need for a little bit more speed? Or you think they're good with the six guys they have going into the season? I think he definitely is somebody that I would look into. And not just with, you know, just the speed factor of him. And, and he definitely is that. And we've seen him work with uh, Josh Allen and what that looked like. But he potentially can be a returner as well. And we've been kind of harping on that position. I think everybody's talking about who's going to be the punt returner. Most people are saying that Brandon Ayuk, but again, I mean, we've stressed it. We don't want to see him back there every single time having to return punts. And if you can have a guy like uh, Smoke Brown back there who not only can give you some vertical threat ability, but also punt return and kick return ability, even this, you know, late in his career, in his 30s, I think he can still be that kind of guy. So he's definitely intriguing. So the 49ers wide receivers, you, you are, are you 
like, do you feel good about it? Like, the, do the 49ers have a good group of wide receivers? They are, it's a versatile group. And clearly, Kyle Shanahan likes versatility. I mean, when you look at these receivers, I don't think they're just one thing. I don't think you look at them and say, this guy's just purely an outside guy. I think maybe, maybe Trent Sherfield, you look at him, maybe more so than the other guys as like, he's like your traditional kind of outside receiver. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even him, that long touchdown he caught, in the first week of preseason, that was from the slot where he ran that corner post and crossed the safety's faces. So uh, all these guys, I think they have that that sense of versatility and being able to line up inside, line up outside. I do think the guys that might struggle a little bit more with playing on the outside are probably Juwan Jennings and Jalen Hurt because they can't run away from anybody. So they'll have to, even on that outside, be able to make more contested catches. And we'll see if they are that, still not, 100% sure that I think in theory they are, but I don't think I've seen really that aspect of their game be a strength. So looking to see how they, they, you know, work with that, but I like it. And I think the reason why I like the receiver group so much is because I also, we talk so much about the receivers, but there's George Kittle too. And he's your number one target. Yeah. So the other guys are just playing off of George Kittle. And I think that makes this group look a lot better from a pass catching uh, perspective. You know, what's funny is uh, it doesn't take long and, and fans can get really swayed by small samples. And I feel like there was so much Brandon Ayuk hype coming into this season and training camp. And he had a couple drops, and he hasn't really flashed a ton in just a couple of preseason games. And I don't think your opinion should change of Brandon Ayuk because of what's happened in the last three weeks of the little you've been able to see from him on the field. But I feel like some air was let out of that balloon a little bit, right? I feel like fans aren't nearly as hyped about Brandon Ayuk right now as they were two months ago. He's going to be the guy. I mean, and not saying that everything for out of training camp with guys keeping track of all the stats matters, but he was extremely productive. I mean, nobody had more catches throughout training camp than Brandon Ayuk. So, I mean, the one thing that that kind of tells me is he's somebody that they are going to look to get the ball to on a consistent basis. So I'd assume if it's not being thrown to George Kittle, a lot of times it's going to be thrown to Brandon Ayuk, especially if it's a downfield pass. And when I say downfield, I mean like working that, you know, 12 to 20 yard range, he's going to be eating in that area, especially if you have Trey Lance at quarterback, because Trey Lance, obviously he's somebody that looks to throw past the sticks. So uh, yeah, definitely. I'm still in on Brandon Ayuk being that guy. Um, I, I, I like, if you just look at George Kittle, Ayuk and Debo, I think you have a really good dynamic going there because Debo is the guy that they're going to manufacture a ton of catch touches. You know, I talked about him maybe even being the guy I will go to when it comes to uh, uh, fantasy football, just because he is going to get those touches, whether it's on end around runs, whether it's on shovel passes, whether it's on screens, quick slants, things are just getting the ball right now. I, I think those three guys have their strengths. The issue is they got to all be on the field. And I don't think last year that even happened. I forgot to mention John Lynch, by the way, was at that Minnesota versus Ohio State football game, along with five no, he was one of five 49ers representatives there. So the 49ers getting started uh, in haste with their scouting for the 2022 NFL draft. Could one of those Ohio State wide receivers end up on the 49ers? Were they scouting defensive backs maybe from DBU there? Were they uh, scouting some big offensive linemen, some defensive linemen potentially? All of the above probably is my guess. It was interesting with John Lynch talking recently about how uh, early on in their 
tenure with the 49ers, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were looking for separators at wide receiver, and he's almost talking about how he wants guys that were, were big and physical and tough now, and it sort of spoke to why Sanu and Hurd and Juwan Jennings and all of them made the roster for the 49ers. So I thought that was interesting, but to be honest with you, I think of the six wide receivers they have, those are the bottom three. You know, so the guys with the athleticism are still the ones that that reign supreme to me on the 49ers and around the league. So um, it's just odd the way the way this team scouts wide receivers still to me is is perplexing, and that's dating back to the Trent Baalke era. And there are certain guys even out there right now. I'm watching Keelan Doss on the Raiders. I feel like that's a guy 49ers oh, probably could have utilized with his size and his ability to make those type of catches. There was one guy tonight that was a receiver on the field that definitely caught my eye, and I don't know who he is. I didn't know who he was prior to this game, but I was just watching him and some of the catches he was making. But was it right? He was like number 16 or something like that for Minnesota in the Ohio State game. Strong, strong hands. And the first thing that popped in my head was, man, he ain't dropping Trey Lance's fireballs. So uh, that's a receiver that kind of stood out. He had an amazing touchdown catch. It was a contested touchdown catch early in that uh, uh, game for Minnesota. He also caught this slant with the defensive back all over him. And I mean, the catching the ball away from his body. So that was something like, it, it kind of jumped out to me. Like, man, I wonder if the Niners, wiry guy, he was like thinner, but looked longer. Oh, he's got some size, 6'3", 210. Uh, yeah, that's him. Let's see, uh, Dylan Wright, is that what it was? Yep, yeah. right, yep. Okay, ooh, I'm intrigued already. And you say he's got some uh, some juice to go with that height? Had some mitts. I, I don't know how well he he can run, but I know, I mean, he worked the receiver. I, I actually posted the clip of the touchdown on Twitter where I said the corner, you know, you, you can't let a guy work towards you and eat that cushion up and then get a free release. You got to make that guy work laterally right now. So if he takes a speed release right now and you don't get hands on, okay, I get it. But if he works towards you, you can't let a guy work towards you and still not get any hands on. He got a free release. He did a good job of contesting the play at the catch point, but even then, I mean, that receiver, right, man, just strong hands to bring that in there. I posted that clip to Twitter. All right, he's tall and fast, so he's definitely not a Kyle Shanahan type, so we can cross him off the list <laughs> right now uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, but this isn't locked on NFL draft. Uh, I, I See, that's the kind of stuff you get with Eric Crocker. That's why I'm so excited about locked on NFL draft. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you guys are going to want to subscribe there and tune in to that program. Uh, so we've talked a lot about wide receivers today, but there's some other position groups I think that maybe could be some cause for concern potentially for the 49ers this year or definitely positions that they might be looking hard to upgrade where uh, John Lynch is taking his tour uh, with the scouting department around different colleges around the NFL this fall to try to bolster some positions. Let's find out which positions those are next. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning back to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. 
From football to basketball, boxing, and your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Croc, one position group. We'll each pick one group that we think is the best position the 49ers have and the the worst position the 49ers currently have on their roster going into the 2021 season. And if you, we can't pick the same groups, right? So I'm going to start, I'm going to say defensive line because I want to cheat and I want to get that one out of the way first because that's definitely where the 49ers <laughs> strength is and I want to get that before you take it. The, the best group the 49ers have right now is their defensive line. Edge, interior, especially depth-wise, uh, the fact that everyone's healthy right now, with a healthy Bosa, healthy D4 to go along with everything else they have, look out. If that if it stays that way, like and it's very optimistic right now uh, with what's going on with D4, which is one of the most shocking developments so far from training camp in the preseason. So uh, I'm pumped for this unit because it will help so much on the back end if the 49ers are at that level again like they were in 2019 up front. I'm going to go with running back. You know, you look at that group, and I really like, even just a little that I saw from uh, Raheem Mostert, just him getting around the edge and kind of just squeezing through gaps and just the burst that he has. It's like, man, this is exciting to see Raheem Mostert get the ball, especially in space. And I'm going to include Trey Lance. I mean, obviously he's not a running back, but he's, we'll just say running game because he's involved in that and just how that's going to open up things. And just even Trey Sermon. When he was in there with Trey Lance and what it looked like when Trey Lance could potentially pull and he's holding the edge and you see Sermon kind of get through there and use his blockers and the way he was setting certain things up and kind of finishing with his shoulder down, uh, you know, just watching how those two guys go. And then obviously you're probably going to throw Hasty into that mix or maybe even the Mitchell. Mitchell got number 25, man. So you can get a new number. Yeah. I think it's like new year, new me. We're going to see him not turn the wrong way and know what he's doing. He finished with some bang on a few players. And he also has some, some speed to run with that. So I'm going to say the running back group, I think that's a strength. And we'll just say running game. The running game is a strength. Definitely. Absolutely. And I think Mostert's getting slept on. He's getting drafted after Sermon in fantasy football drafts. Yeah. And I think that's a travesty. Raheem Ostert's legit. Like, his ability, his burst is special. It's, an, yeah. it's a special ability. And he's such a good dude. He's probably my favorite guy on the entire 49ers roster. We haven't talked enough about it. Uh, Jed York last night, late night, I retweeted it, had a tweet out. He said, um, at John Lynch 49ers and I were honored to present Raheem Mostert and his wife, Devin, our Community Impact Award this evening. They've logged the most hours of community service each of the last three years. We're beyond inspired by your actions and your ability to overcome obstacles. Hashtag much love. That was from 49er CEO Jed York talking about Raheem Mostert. And some, sometimes the off-the-field stuff gets lost, and we always talk about the bad things that happen off the field. But Raheem Mostert is like the best of dudes, and his ability, his burst is special. Love me some Raheem Mostert. So, yeah. I'm you know, him. he runs in, in his gear. I remember saying this even after the, the year where he broke his arm, but then maybe even I said it a little bit last year. He runs a lot like Chris Johnson. Now, the difference with Chris mm -hmm. Johnson, I mean, it was just consistent. And we're talking about somebody who ran for 2,000 yards. But Raheem Mostert, I feel like if he's utilized in that way as just like an every down back, he has some of that ability, man, because he's just game breaking. You watch how he just tears up angles, has, makes guys run into each other. 
the, the, the touchdown, I mean, obviously he had a big game in that NFC championship game, but people like, man, look, I mean, come on now, that, that safety just took a terrible angle. And it's like, of course he took a terrible angle. Like, this dude's speed is forcing the bad <laughs> yeah. angle. Like, you know what I'm saying? So he definitely, I mean, he has some special ability. Runs a little upright, so he's not a guy that typically is going to finish, you know, uh, just like with a lot of power. But again, if you go back and watch Chris Chris Johnson, doesn't even look like he's running really fast. Yeah. Look like he's just kind of floating past guys. And Raheem Mostert has like some of those similar traits, man. It's really special. And it's a shame. And that's a tough thing with being running back. It's a shame that he like wasn't able to show that off until like eight years into his career, you know, like the seventh team. And finally, then really he was only around because of special teams. And they're like, wait a minute, we can just hand on the ball. And he was extremely productive in like every preseason, but it just didn't matter because of the way that the running backs are viewed in the NFL. Career yards per carry, Raheem Mostert, 5.6, Chris Johnson, 4.5. He's got over a yard on Chris Johnson career. Here's what's crazy, though, because Raheem was such a late bloomer for a speed guy because speed guys usually peak when they're younger. Raheem Mostert's peaking in his late 20s. Chris Johnson had his last 1,000-yard season when he was 28 years old. Raheem Mostert's going in his age 29 season right now. And uh, obviously he hasn't had a thousand yard season, but when you talk about 7.7 yards per carry that he had in in 2018 or 5.6 or 5.0 last year, uh, like Raheem Mostert, if he got the touches that someone like Chris Johnson got that like any running back in the league got in Kyle Shanahan's offense, it would be ridiculous. Now I don't know. His his average might go down a little bit, but the yards would be up. I mean, I, I think he, Again, I mean, and part of it is not on Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's somebody who has to stay healthy, too. Guys, stay on the field. Oh, no, that's that's but, the thing. He's never carried a load in his life. He was uh, more of a wide receiver than a running back in college and more of a track guy than a football guy in college. So he's never carried the load. And last year, even when he got an opportunity, and maybe even a little bit in 2019, although he just barely was kind of winning the job in 2019, he's he's never carried the load, and he hasn't proven he can but if he stays healthy and just is a 1A, 1B running back, it's gonna go, he's going to go crazy. He'll have 1,000 yards yeah. easily, and uh, people will be freaking out about how good Raheem Mostert is. He, he's a yeah. crazy, talented guy. Worst unit on the San Francisco 49ers right now. I, the, the 49ers are a good football team. It's hard to find a unit that's bad. Yeah. I think they're pretty good at most of their starting units. But it's got to go to the secondary. I think maybe the two worst units are corner and safety. And I don't know which one's worse. I think probably you got to lean towards <laughs> safety, right? Yeah. Well, if you if you go safety, then I'll go corner. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to take safety. <laughs> and look, I like Jimmy Ward. I like Jaquaski Tart. Uh, Ward had a lot of injuries in his early career. He's been pretty healthy recently. Tart's been hurt a lot. Is kind of coming back from something right now. Um Marcel Harris is now a linebacker. Tavon Wilson, you know, just sort of a cast off from another team. Fifth rounder, Talanoa Hufanga. I'm not so sure about this group. And um, luckily, their best unit is the defensive line. It's going to make life easy for the secondary. But Croc, like if Jason Verrett gets hurt, the 49ers might be in a little bit of trouble because whoever goes in there is going to have a target on their back. Uh, You know, and a lot of people say that, and I'll say this. If anybody's star corner gets hurt, they're going to be in some trouble. But I think it's more prevalent to the 49ers just because of the fact that, well, Jason Frett has a strong injury history. So 
So it's not just like kind of pulling that out of your butt. It's like, no, like this is somebody who has dealt with these type of injuries. And if it bites him in the butt this year, and hopefully it doesn't, knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't. But if it were to, then, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to depend on Harris, De- Devontae Harris to come in and, and play corner. Or, no, I mean, maybe a Diamondo Lenore. Harris got put on IR already. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, so, yeah, you you, you hope you need him to stay healthy, especially Verrett, because he's clearly your best cornerback. And he had a strong camp. Every time, even on the catches I saw him giving up, he was fighting for the ball right there at the catch point. He he does look good. It's a shame we didn't really get to see him in preseason, but whatever. He's healthy, heading into week one, do your thing. It is, if he plays the whole year, then – the cornerback position is not a weakness because I think he's he's playing at that high of a level. As far as the safeties go, it, that's another group again. I mean, they have just dealt with injuries. So, I mean, you can blink an eye and next thing you know, it has to be Wilson out there. And I, I mean, they said he was good in training camp, but I got to see it because he's been more of a reserve type of guy, you know, throughout his career. So Jimmy Ward, really like him. If I had one bone to pick with really all of those guys, it's, can you please generate more takeaways? And Ward kind of alluded to the fact that maybe it was Robert Sala and how he was coaching them up and kind of more of a bend but don't break and keep things in front of you and play a little bit more safely. And he's hoping that Demico Ryan utilize him in a way to where he gets to play a little bit more free, read, read some concepts, read some routes, read the quarterback's eyes, jump routes, make plays on the ball, and then he feels like he should be mentioned with the top safeties in the league if he's allowed to play in that way. I think that's one of the, uh, the the aspects that was unfair for people talking about Jimmy Garoppolo throwing a bunch of picks in practice versus Trey Lance in practice because Garoppolo, all the, almost every time you heard about a play that went bad for Jimmy Garoppolo in practice, it was Jason Verrett and it was Fred Warner. And, yeah. and, and uh, Trey Lance wasn't thrown against those guys. And it just shows right. how good those players are. Uh, I have a question, actually, and we're only going to get to one Twitter question here, but this one from uh, Mr. Controversy himself, who's a frequent tweeter into the show and uh, a faithful listener. So appreciate you, Mr. Controversy. He wants to know about Broncos cornerback Bryce Callahan, who is a player that reportedly is a very hot commodity, potentially if cut and maybe on the trade market for something cheap. Have you watched a lot of Bryce Callahan? Do you think that's somebody the 49ers were going to bring in? Because Mr. Controversy is also worried about if Jason Verrett were to go down, the 49ers might look foolish not have bringing in another veteran high-level player. I, I have not heard a whole lot. I mean, I haven't watched a whole lot of him, but I'll say this. Unless you're Jalen Ramsey and you're getting traded, you're a corner and you're getting traded because you're disgruntled, I'm always weary of going after guys because maybe they have a name or what people think that they, they are because who who's who getting rid up? of good corners? Huh? Who's getting rid of good corners? Who's yeah, getting rid who's of good offensive linemen? Nobody. Like, I'm just not. Like, that whole thing with uh, Sean Wade is like, all right, if he's, if he's that good, you feel like he has that much upside – why would the Ravens be getting mm-hmm. rid of him when he, you have a good cover guy on a rookie contract? Not happening. Callahan, I mean, maybe he's a veteran, but, I mean, he's we're not talking about free agency coming up, so why would you get rid of him right now if he's a good cover guy for you? And the Broncos, I mean, they are very young in the secondary, but I don't think they're young to the extent of being able to just, oh, we could just give away uh, Bryce Callahan and we're, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to give away even though he's good just so we can get some draft capital for him. I think they're trying to win this year. That's why they went with Teddy Bridgewater. 
One more really quick question here. This one from Justin on Twitter. He said, uh, wouldn't you say Kyle was maybe a little disappointed that Trey didn't win the starting job like Mac Jones did? Mac forced Bill to just release Cam. I'm not comparing Jimmy to Cam or anything, just observing the situation. And I wanted to get to this question when we were talking about Mac Jones, and uh, we had too much to get to yesterday, as we, we tend to on shows. So we got to keep this answer quick. But do you do you think Kyle's disappointed right now in what he's seen from Kyle or from uh, Trey Lance? No, I think he'd only be disappointed if he felt like Jimmy Garoppolo was playing really bad. And it's like, dude, you couldn't beat Jimmy out and he's just playing bad. They've been all along saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is having a strong camp. So the fact that maybe Jimmy is slightly ahead of where a rookie who hasn't played in a year and, you know, maybe has some things like kind of sped up with an offense that's supposed to be extremely difficult. I don't think he's disappointed. I think he's probably relieved that, hey, I don't have to throw him out there regardless of what the circumstances are. And I can play with somebody who I'm at the very least comfortable with playing. And I feel like I can win with this guy and I can build on whatever, you know, Trey Lance is going through or whatever. And, and again, get that delayed gratification. Yeah. And th- that's the thing is that's why Kyle chose Trey Lance. Why he also chose Jimmy and Trey Lance because he didn't expect yeah. Trey Lance to be ready. And he could have gone. He could have taken an easier. Path. He said that all along, right? Like he said that all along. He his, he said he did not expect a rookie to be able to come in and just get Jimmy Garoppolo out of here. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't even his expectation. And I think if it happens, it's like great. But and I think it was more so of the guy that he wanted, and it was like I don't expect him to come in and be sharp enough in my offense that I know it can be difficult. For this guy that's a rookie who hasn't played in the year to just come in and just 100% beat him out, regardless of how talented this kid is. Yeah, and so so many people point out, and obviously the 49ers spent a lot to go get Trey Lance, and you would expect most teams play their number three overall pick quarterback very soon. And he might play, he might be on the field for their first play. I have no idea. It, it, I, I kind of expect Kyle to run both Trey and Jimmy out there just because they could have both quote-unquote started the first game of the season in week one. But... Kyle, so there's there's two things. There's one, they spent so much to get Trey Lance, and you expect him to be awesome. They didn't draft Trey Lance for week one, 2021. That's why they kept Jimmy. Right. You don't pay $26 million for a guy for the hell of it. Like they, This was the plan. And so they paid Jimmy Garoppolo money to be the starter in week one and hope that Trey Lance at some point is going to be ready. And and they weren't worried about how soon that was going to be because they knew it might not be as soon as uh, as Trevor Lawrence or as soon as Mac Jones. But the high-level traits where he could be is why they spent as much to go get Trey Lance. They wouldn't have kept Jimmy Garoppolo for $26 million. They flat-out would not have. That would have been... Um, that would have been a fireable offense for an NFL right. front office to keep a $26 million backup quarterback, right? Unless the, and he would be traded. If Trey Lance was like, oh my God, this 21 year old, how the hell is he so ready so fast? He's going to start, he's going to play every snap this season, then maybe you trade Jimmy Garoppolo. But it hasn't been that. But they never expected that. That's why they kept $26 million Jimmy Garoppolo around. And it looks like they're going to have a two-headed monster at some point. Uh, maybe it'll be Trey Lance's job at some point this year. But they drafted the high-level traits for what he could be eventually. And we talked about Matt Ryan was an NFL veteran 30 years old already that had to take a, a second year in Kyle Shannon's offense to to be really good. So why would you expect a 21-year-old from D1AA who played his last ball in 2019 to come in in week one and play at MVP Matt Ryan 
2016 level. That that would be insane to think that he was going to do that. Right, right. All right, I'm glad we figured that out, Croc, together. Uh, I am very <laughs> excited for Locked On NFL Draft featuring Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. That's going to be awesome. I hope at some point, someday, I get invited onto that program to talk with you guys. Um, I'm glad I get to talk with the co-host of Locked On NFL Draft every day right here on Locked On 49ers. Next week, we're going to try to answer some more of your questions and start getting prepared for the Detroit Lions and week one of the 2021 NFL season right here. Locked On 49ers.